Hearing Loss Live Talks Caption Advocacy. Good morning. Welcome to Hearing Loss Live, where we're going to talk to you today about captioning, more specifically broadcast captioning, which is a little different than CART or live captions. Uh, A lot of times broadcast captioning happens behind the scenes. Um, If you're watching a television show that's been pre-recorded, that is a pre-recorded closed caption uh, program. If you're watching live news, um, I hope they are using a live steno writer to give you more accurate and up-to-speed captioning on that program. There's a lot of rules around captioning and how it works, and there's a lot of ways captions go bad on TV. It can start with the brand of TV you have right down to the teleprompter not knowing the captions aren't coming out correctly. So we're going to share some experiences on how you can request better captioning access when it's closed caption or broadcast captioning. Michelle Linder, can you start us off and talk about your experiences behind the scenes with captioning? Thanks, Julia. I'm always happy to talk about captioning advocacy. Um, You know, I didn't really know that I could advocate for things that I needed for the longest time. And when I um, started connecting with others with hearing loss, um, I really started to own my hearing loss and ask for what I needed. And I started out very simply. Um, And sometimes I even asked for captioning when I really didn't need it. I just would ask for it for practice, like if I was in a sports bar or a hotel lobby or even my audiologist's office uh, where there was a public television and the captioning wasn't turned on, I would ask them to please turn on the captioning, even if I wasn't interested in watching what was on TV, because I figured if I needed the practice, they probably also needed the practice. Um, And from there, it kind of blossomed into... Um, contacting my TV stations or um, networks. Um, I We haven't done prod, broadcast TV for a long time, so a lot of what I watch is live streaming on my computer. And um, I just got into the habit of um, contacting stations and networks. And again, I'm going to mention that when I interviewed Lauren Stork of CCAC Captioning, I really had a shift where I realized I was one of those people who wasn't asking for what I need, and there are very few of us who do. And so I wanted to be part of the solution. So I really took that to heart and started asking for captioning wherever I was left out something that I wanted to participate in or I wanted to know what was being said. And, you know, a lot of um, a lot of the online content with live streaming, like, you know, the major networks, NBC, CBS, they actually have a link on their website that is a closed captioning link where you can give feedback and tell them where the problems exist. And they're usually very good to respond. Um, I did one time have to file an FCC complaint. Um, and when it came back, what I was asking um, to have captioning on 
predated that 20th 20th century um I can't remember the name of it, but the the act that made online content responsible for having to have captions. Um, so I learned a lot in the process, and I also joined some captioning advocacy groups, and it's a great place to network with other people who are trying to do the same things that you are doing. And But, again, I'm going to mention um, that, you know, it's a pretty sad fact that the majority of people with hearing loss, they don't take the time to advocate. They think, okay, I'm not qualified enough or I don't know enough about it. Or they might ask one time and they accept no response for an answer. So I think probably the most important thing for me in captioning advocacy is persistence and do it every time. And we all know what that feels like. You come up on some content that you're really interested in, you're excited, you open the video um, or the podcast, and there are no captions, and that just feeling of letdown, of being left out, it just, you know, some days when I'm having a really bad day, it makes me cry um, because I just really want to just be able to turn something on like everybody else. Um, so that's another, the last thing I'm going to mention is think about radio and podcasts. Um, I've advocated for radio captions and on some of the NPR radio programs are um, captioned and um, some of the um, radio broadcasts out of Boston are captioned, but it's never going to be mainstream unless all of us start asking because if they go by the request that they get, they're going to say, well, not many people are going to benefit from this because nobody ever asks for it. And we need to kind of change that. So I really want to encourage people to ask for captioning because it's our language. Um, it's the language we speak. Thank you, Michelle. You know, it's funny because I'm going to throw in a thing and then I want to send to Shelley, but last night, I have a guilty pleasure. I like the voice. It's a singing competition. And my husband actually watches it with me. And um, we noticed last night the captions were so far ahead of what the content was that when, and he has, he depends a little bit on the captions. He's not admitting yet, but he depends on it. He's like, what's that girl's name? That doesn't make any sense with what's being said. And so we had a conversation about, yeah, this is poorly done. I need to I need to get a hold of the network and report it again this year. It happened last year too. And and he says, Why? They don't care. And I'm like, that's the attitude that lets the stations not care. If you and I both write in and it doesn't get fixed and we file complaints with the FCC about it. That's going to make inclusion happen. That's when they're going to step up their game. So that was interesting. So, yeah, that thought just I'd forgotten about it, and that was just last night. Michelle? I just wanted to add one thing real quick. Text on the screen doesn't constitute captioning. It has to be accurate. And so um, 
you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, they attempted to put it up there, you know. Um, but no, you need to make sure it's quality captioning because it doesn't benefit us if it's not quality. And that means verbatim. It also means um, all the extra um, information that we need in text, and it means the timing. How many times have you watched a video where the timing's off, and you're trying to watch the speaker, and you just kind of can't ever mesh the two together, and it's it's frustrating. I, I, I find myself turning the TV off when that happens, so we have to insist on quality. Exactly. Shelley? Yes, Michelle just mentioned something, and, you know, that really boggles my mind when captions don't match what people are saying at the same time. If they're too far off, it's like my brain just totally stops, and I, and I can't handle it. It's, I'll try. Like, I recently I did that, and I tried again, and I was like, I can do this. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> It doesn't match what I'm seeing, so the brain just quits right there. Uh, so captioning on TV, you know, I have to confess, I don't watch a lot of TV, hardly ever. I almost always, when I do watch TV, it's because my husband is watching something. And that's when I notice the captions are not right or missing. And I'll I'll make a complaint. But TV is not my thing. <laughs> I remember when Netflix came out and their their streaming product didn't have any captions. I could not participate and it felt so unfair. But I also knew at the same time that I finally did go into Netflix that they were being sued for captions by a couple of different organizations. So I knew it would come around eventually. In the meantime, I was ordering movies on DVDs because DVDs almost always have captions. Some some don't, and I think it's like Michelle said, it predates the the act that they passed where captioning wasn't a must. So uh, eventually, you know, captions came on the streaming, and we canceled the DVD. And it's really nice to have that option. And I I've been on other streaming devices, Disney Plus. Uh, that is really hard to get the captioning on. <laughs> I was like, I had to Google it because it wasn't very evident. And finally, I saw it and turned it on, and it doesn't stay on yet all the time. So I need to write into Disney and say, is there a way you can make it stay on once I once I click the CC? The other day, I was doing trying to watch Cruella, the new Cruella DeBell movie. I had to do captions three times before it came on. So this is something I need to follow up with Disney Plus because it's frustrating. And if I wasn't so persistent, I wouldn't have gotten it and uh, given up. So there's probably a lot of people out there who are giving up on it because it's it's not automatic. So... Michelle has been a big inspiration for me on advocating for captions. I, like I said, I don't watch TV hardly ever, but I do watch streaming. I watch movies. And when I was uh, run across things online with a video with certain people I followed, 
there wouldn't be no captions. And I would just, out of habit, just turn away, you know. I would go on about my business and do something else. I wasn't watching videos, probably, ever. So Michelle inspired me, and I started to write into people. You know, I would love to participate, but I can't. You know, I know you have a good message. You don't have captions. I'm not getting it. Can you please find a way to turn on captions or use captions? And I've had a, a favorable favorable response for that. People, most of the time, not always, have given me captions. On the flip side, when I do see people with captions that I didn't ask to turn on captions and they have it there already, I'm like, hey, thank you, shout out for the great captions. It, it really makes a difference for me. And let's see what else is on my list. Oh, I just had somebody contact me this week to start a petition or help petition for open captions in Utah. I need more follow through on this, but I'm teamed up with another lady here in Utah and we might be trying to start an open caption thing in our city. This is pushing my set, my um, comfort zone, okay? Because this means going up to the legislative level. And even though I've, I've been there a few times, it's still kind of nerve wracking to, to take these steps, but I will let you guys know as I follow this path, how it goes. Sorry, I got to turn all my sound on. That is awesome. I, I, I'm thinking you're thinking like public venues of all sorts with transportation. That's just, that's so needed. The airport, it is desperately needed. It would be so nice to have that all open captioned. I, um, I want to share some experiences we had with the pandemic and emergency broadcast programs that we had on our news stations. And at the point, that point, Shelly and I both were working with the Division of Services to the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. And kudos to the, to the deaf interpreters and Trenton Marsh, who runs our interpreting program. They, they got in there with interpreters to stand by the governor, make sure there was an ASL interpretation for all the stations, train the stations on what to cut to because they kept cutting the interpreters off when they were videotaping. But the hard of hearing program, we thought, let's find out, you know, how the captions are going. And guess what? Some stations had none. Some had great captioning. And at one point we got a letter to our Hearing Loss Association of Salt Lake City asking, well, we have sign language interpreters. What's the importance of us offering live captions? I I can understand Trenton fairly well. I do very, very pidgin language, sign language, and I can understand most of what Trenton signs or one of his counterparts because I've been around them for a while. But if I had to depend on the sign language interpreter to find out what's going on with COVID-19, I wouldn't know what to do. That That's not fair. That's not equal access. It should be inclusive access. The other thing, because this prompted us to uh, do some presentations at the center around captioning and CART, 
man, is there a lot of ways that cart can go wrong or captions, excuse me. You know, a lot of times, and this is my own family, complain about like sports programs being poorly captioned. And some of them are, and there's some problems. And if you're not reporting it, again, that's a problem because that station doesn't think they need to hold the standard. But it's not always the live captioner. Um, it can be that the captions aren't feeding correctly from the teleprompter. It can actually be your TV. There's a chip that makes captioning happen, closed captions happen on a TV. And there's no standards for this chip. So the chip can be, Samsung can have five different kinds of TVs, and every TV has a different chip. So I always tell people, research. Find out what your friends like with their TV. Um, Best Buy sometimes actually has a blurb that says, I depend on closed captions. This TV is great. Um, I found that when I was researching for this project. Sometimes if you're in a, watching a live program, if you can figure out how to get a hold of that station, try it. It may be the teleprompter needs to walk over here, the guy that runs it. Oh, I didn't flip the switch on. And then you're fine. But if we don't work together, it's not going to get better. And the larger stations have found they save a lot of money using AI. So a lot of the live captioning anymore is not done by real stenographers. It's actually done by artificial intelligence. And if someone isn't, which is fine, but if you don't have somebody editing what's coming out, it might be good. It might not. In fact, here locally, the station using the AI for their uh, news station is the best I think we have. Um, it's pretty accurate and spot on, and it's very seldom wrong. One of the issues I have with one of our stations, they think it's okay to take an earlier broadcast captions and run it at the noontime, which is they're slow. There's a whole bunch of rules about when how much captioning you have to have, too, I won't go into. But they'll, like, run it with their noon captions. So here's this whole other anchor giving the weather, and nothing matches. Like, what he's talking about, what's coming out of the stream, and it's like, that's not right. That's not inclusive. It just drives me crazy. Okay, that's my rant for the day. Michelle? Um, another thing I wanted to mention is, um, which I briefly mentioned, that when you have to ask for the captions to be turned on in an audiologist's office, that's pretty bad, or a deaf heart of hearing center, that's pretty bad. Um, but there's a lot of irony in captioning. A lot of times I will see, because I share um, content on the Say White Club website, on their public Facebook page, um, uh, there will be news stories that have a hearing loss-related topic, um, and I'll click on them, and there's no captioning. And so immediately I leave a comment on the video I also have good luck because usually television stations have Facebook um, pages. And so I, I message those stations and a lot of times I'll get an immediate response, um, by Facebook 
um, in mess, private messaging. And so, you know, also on YouTube videos, you can contact them through their YouTube account. Um, there are many ways to contact people where you can get responses. And, you know, sometimes you won't get a response, but um, that's changed a lot from when I started over 11 years ago. I most often get a response. It's not always the response I want, but I can work with them and I can uh, find a way to tell them in a very nice way, thank you for what you attempted. It's just not good enough and here's why and here's what you can do. And that's um, what the benefit is of uh, belonging to a captioning advocacy group because there are other people doing the same things you're doing and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, a lot of people with hearing loss probably think it takes so much time to advocate for captioning. And at first it does. But when you get into the routine of doing it every time, um, you can actually save some of your correspondence as a template for something similar. You don't have to start from scratch every time. And it's just as automatic. Okay, I want to watch this video or TV show and the captioning's really bad or there's none at all. I'm going to send this off. It takes just a few minutes and you're done. And, of course, you have to follow up for the answer. But um, one thing that Julia mentions in the blog post um, about this subject is that be sure to say thank you. Don't let it all be bad news. And, and it's not bad news. I mean, a lot of people think that requesting something or or asking is a complaining, and it's not complaining. It's just asking to have access the same way that everyone else does. And so probably the beginning of captioning advocacy starts when you make that attitude shift, when you think, oh, okay, I'm not being bothersome. I'm just asking for what everybody else gets automatically. So that's kind of the last thoughts I had on it. Sorry to talk so much today. Great information. In, great information, Michelle. You you really do help us with caption advocacy. I look forward to doing a workshop with you on that. Shelley, any last thoughts? Yeah, I do have a couple. And um, that is one thing I wish I had done as the hard of hearing specialist was teach people how to request proper captioning. Uh, you know, go to the TV station and try it with them. And if it doesn't work out there, you can take it to the uh, Federal Communications Commission. And we put a link on our blog where you can go to that complaint page. And it has different categories in which you can uh, ask for captioning. And, and I, like I said, I hate to say complain. It's a request. We're requesting equal communication is what we are so just think of it as a request the other thing I, I have a question for julia kind of in the captioning and this came up while we were talking one of the few tv shows i watch is saturday night live <laughs> that's my one guilty pleasure and as i watch it the captions are so far behind and I don't know if that's really a legit claim because it can be awfully hard to follow these people in a live process. So I have never complained about them. What I do is I have a living room loop 
which is a wire that goes around. We have it on the ceiling because it didn't work on the floor. And I turn my hearing aid telecoils on and I can hear the um, the audio better. But also Saturday Night Live faces me a lot so I can follow with lip reading and what I'm hearing better than I can with caption. What is your thoughts on that, Julia? It's interesting because I agree with you, and I do think some of it's because it's so live and off the cuff. But I question, it may be a matter of editing so that it's very, very accurate, but that would be a good question to go straight to NBC and say, hey, I noticed on Saturday Night Live there's this lag. Can you explain to me why it's so far behind so that I can understand what I can give you guys to do to help me better follow the captions. That's how I would approach it and see what their response is. Um, Because I've noticed it too, so it's not your TV. The Disney Plus I thought was interesting because I have great captions on my Disney Plus. So isn't that interesting, right? Um, So that's a good one that would, again, I you know, why does it keep, undoing it and then maybe you can go to your tv manufacturer and say why is this happening they might even be able to help you there i find disney plus is one funny because the little chipmunks when you watch the old cartoons it's crazy what they put in there for captioning it, it i know it's not what they're saying i think they're doing it just to see if we catch it michelle i just wanted to chime in and say uniformity is really needed um and that would be so great if we could get a real uniform standard of of i mean it can't be this difficult i mean gosh look at all the technology look at what we can do now surely um there could be some standard um, that everyone has to adhere to the same standards. And I think that's a huge need. The button wouldn't turn. Thank you, Michelle. I agree, right? I, and I question if, if better standards wouldn't happen if people just not complained but said this doesn't work. Would it Would it stop manufacturers from putting three different kinds of TV chips in their TV and, and, and how that would look. And I agree with you. I hope this helps some of you out there to look for ways to get a hold of those stations you want to watch and get better broadcast captioning. If you have a station that you want to give a shout out to, uh, let us know. Drop us a line at hearinglosslive.com. We'd love to know what stations even locally are working better for you. If you have questions and want help on how to maybe navigate a station, local or broadcast national, uh, you'd like to learn to work better with, come to us or go to FCC.gov. Again, the link is in our in our blog and research what you can help with. They actually have advisory councils you can join and um, help advocate for better captioning outcomes across, you know, TVs cell phones, the whole works. Uh, next week, we talk shame. We hope to help you understand whether you're in shame right now with your hearing loss or you've, you've conquered it um, and talk candidly about 
how not to have shame with hearing loss or move forward after you've had it. Also, I hope you've signed up for our Conquering Your Next Family Gathering. Those holidays are right around the corner. Whether it's on Zoom you're going to meet with your family or get to meet in person, maybe. We want to help you conquer those uh, fears with hearing loss and have better outcomes. And just around the corner, we're going to give you some ho-ho-ho gifts. Yep, that's hard of hearing gifts. Look for that workshop to come out in December, and we're going to help you with communication and assistive listening devices. Watch for that workshop coming on up. Thank you for joining us here at Hearing Loss Live. Give us your feedback, your comments. We appreciate your support, and we hope to help you help yourself with your hearing loss. Bye. Join us next week when Hearing Loss Live talks shame.